everybody. This is Dan Duva. It's the SLGND podcast. Sheriff Lawless and some guy named Dave. There's uh, there's no Dave today, just Dan and Gary and Shane. We're ready to go with the Golden Knights continuing the road trip. Uh, we come to you from beautiful Fort Lauderdale, Florida today. And uh, and Gary, we, the I'm, podcast I'm, I'm, is 10 seconds old. I'm not happy. And Gary's already upset. We need... And now, here's... Please. <laughs> Did Johnny Carson introduce himself? Yeah, yeah, would, you no. like me, would you like me to do it? It's a different inter... No, no, that's a hard no. <laughs> well, it is life on the road here. Eight consecutive road games for the Golden Knights. One left, and of course, the All-Star game and the bye week in between. It has been life on the road with a, a lot of news. I think this is our third podcast over the course of the last few weeks. And we're going to have a special guest on the podcast today. The general manager of the Vegas Golden Knights, Kelly McCrimmon, is set to join us. And, of course, uh, with the team on the road, it's been a while since we've had a chance to really sit down and chat with Kelly. But uh, it is a great opportunity for us to have a conversation with Kelly and see what's up with the Golden Knights. So, Kelly, welcome. It's good to see you. How's everything? Things are good. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me, guys. Oh, good. Well, 27 games left in the regular season. I wonder right now if you can give us a state of the team. Where's your club right now? Well, it's uh, you know real competitive in the Pacific Division. I think that uh, when you look at it, uh, it's up for grabs for uh, a number of teams, and whoever can put together the best hockey from now till uh, you know the middle of April is uh, is going to have a chance to win the division. So uh, every game is important, which is uh, good for our players. It's how your team gets better. It's good for fans uh, as well. How do you like the way the team has played, uh, in particular, just on this road trip? Well, I think since we've come out of the break that uh, uh, we've played real good hockey. Um, you know, the break is good for everybody. It's good for uh, good for all the players in the NHL. And I know that, uh, you know, in past years, if the NHL has uh, shut down for the Olympics, it seems like when they reconvene, it's a, uh, it's a real sprint and that guys have a lot of energy. The games are better. They're more important because of the time of year. And I really feel... Uh, that around our team uh, right now we thought I thought we played um, you know uh, a lot of real good hockey in our game in Carolina uh, I thought the next night in Nashville was uh, even more complete uh, than that and last night in Tampa we uh, uh, played well again and uh, you know if you if you play you know the right uh, the right uh, with the right type of structure to your game the right type of foundation to your game uh, you're going to be in every game, and that's uh, that's what I thought last night. We could have, uh, you know, had a better outcome if a couple of things had gone our way. But uh, uh, you know, I guess to answer your question, Gary, since the break, I've been encouraged with how our team has played. Do you think that's just a you know, Pete DeBoer now has had a chance to kind of implement those things? The team seemed more comfortable, and you know, for someone who watches, I think you know they've put together like six solid periods in a row. Carolina, they played well in the first, maybe dipped off, but the consistency seemed to be there the last two games. Is that that maybe? Very encouraging, even though you come off a loss. Yeah, and I think that's a function of uh, uh, you know Peter having more time with the team, but uh, also uh, over the break the coaches got to spend some time together. So uh, you know the way it worked out, uh, there was three games for uh, Peter before the break, which gave him a chance to uh, you know I think probably got a little more done than he anticipated in terms of uh, uh, working with the team, but. Uh, would have had an opportunity to, uh, you know, see the personnel. Obviously, knows our team real well from his experience uh, in San Jose. But it's still different when you're standing behind the bench and they're your players. So I think he got a good feel uh, for the team and vice versa, which is just as important. Uh, the players would have got a good feel for him. And then over the break, when we, 
uh, added Steve Spot to our staff, and then uh, you know Ryan Craig, Ryan McGill, uh, Steve, and Peter had the chance to uh, put in a couple of real good days uh, in Las Vegas in terms of how we wanted to uh, handle the team, how we wanted to play. So then I think when we came out of the break, it's just uh, you know that much closer to being fully aligned. Kelly, were there a few things, especially that period of time we're talking about, where? You had conversations with the staff, and here are some things that you know maybe we could implement, or some ideas, um, some discussions. What were your conversations like during the break with the staff? Um, no, I think those are those are decisions that are up to the coaches, and I think uh, um, you know it was good for for the, the Ryan uh, Craig Ryan McGill, the two Ryans, to spend time uh, with Peter before the break, before Steve was hired, so that they could get a feel for each other. Um, you know, we've been on the road, so they've got to uh, uh, see a lot of each other. Uh, leading into the break, uh, I was at uh, our games, but was away on off days with uh, the CHL Prospects game, uh, with the U.S. Prospects game. Uh, I saw a junior game in there as well. So uh, I think that's perfect. I think that's uh, that's where they need to be channeling their efforts is, is with each other and with the players. With trade deadline is... Uh a couple of weeks away, and obviously for Golden Knights fans, they wouldn't want you to discuss your conversations right now because that's would would be giving someone else competitive advantage. So we'll leave that part of it completely alone. And the process, however, I think it might be very interesting to fans. What are your days like right now? Well, I think the process is likely. Uh you know, fairly similar around the league when you go through the 31 teams. There's you know, a handful out of those are seven or eight teams that would be, uh, you know, clearly uh, identified as teams that are building for the future and might look to trade players away. Um, you know, there's some teams that are, uh, you know, cl clearly established uh, that they're going to be playoff teams. And then there's a real uh, large number of teams that, uh, you know, are in that group that you call on the bubble. So uh, pretty much includes the entire Pacific Division, uh, quite frankly. So, um, you know, we're one of those teams and, uh, you know, you're always, uh, you know, th th this isn't a process for me and never has been in, in my uh, career as a manager where you get up on the 15th of January and decide, okay, now it's time to get into trade season. You're always uh, in that frame of mind and, and the year runs together. So, you know, you try to improve your team in and around the draft. You try to improve your team in and around uh, free agency. On occasion, you'd be able to uh, to do something in the summertime, as we did with uh, uh, with the Max Pacioretty trade happened in early September. But the legwork had been done over the course of the summer, so you're always evaluating your own team. You're always identifying uh, what your own needs uh, may be, and then you need to know the players. So that's where um, you know the work of our pro staff under uh, Vaughn Carpen is instrumental. We uh, you know, we meet regularly, obviously, uh, uh, talk to Vaughn, uh, myself, uh, probably five days a week, maybe more. And uh, you need to know what the landscape looks like out there. So that's, that's uh, you know, a quick summary of what I would tell you the process is. And I would, I would think you'd find that, uh, you know, pretty, uh, pretty similar uh, across uh, the NHL. And I know you mentioned the word evaluate. Uh, and you have to do that not only around the league, but your own players. And I want to ask, we've seen a couple of... You know, between free agency draft, Nick Hag, and now Zach Whitecloud play up, a couple of young defensemen. And as a forum, watching Zach play these last two games, uh, very impressed. It's, it's subtle, but it, it's clean. A very clean game. Big guy skates. Uh, probably 
one of the better debuts you've seen through two games against two good teams? Yeah, Zach has been uh, been excellent. And I guess to your point, uh, you know, this is the first year now in our third year where, um, you know, we're, we're bringing young players into our organization. That wasn't uh, a luxury that we had uh, in years one or two. This year, well, you know, our first, uh, you know, two draft picks that have played for us in Cody Glass and uh, Nick Haig. And then uh, Zach Whitecloud was a free agent signing, uh, a guy that we were uh, real excited to be able to add. And uh, development is working how it should. He uh, had a really good year. You know, Zach is uh, 23, um, but he's, he's always been a little bit of a later developer. Didn't play in the Manitoba Junior Hockey League until he was uh, 18. Uh, you know, two years at a, a small college. And last year in Chicago, I believe uh, uh, he played 103 games on a team uh, where he was given a lot of responsibility by Rocky Thompson. He and Nick Haig were partners, I believe, for 83 games uh, last year. Their team went to the Calder Cup final. He led the American Hockey League uh, in plus minus. So it's exactly what you want to see uh, in terms of development. Um, came to camp this year with, uh, you know, as good an opportunity to stick on our team as any of the young defensemen. When you look at Schultz, uh, you know, Coughlin, uh, Nick Haig, who did stick. And then, of course, uh, Zach. But he, uh, late in the preseason, suffered the injury where he uh, wasn't able to, uh, you know, continue to try out for the team. was reassigned uh, to Chicago. So he's played real well down there. And, uh, you know, when we... Uh, talk to Rocky, which we do on a regular basis. He's uh, been extremely supportive of uh, his game, and uh, it's really transitioned well. As you said, Shane, we've played uh, you know his two games. Uh, when you look at the forwards that he's playing against, there's a lot of really good uh, high-skill NHL players, and I think his skating has been fine. His gaps, his angles have all been uh, really good and as you touch on uh, for the guy that plays a quiet efficient game those are the things that uh, you really need uh, to rely on he's moved the puck well he's been good in transition you guys would notice from your uh, broadcast position you can often hear him talking on the ice and uh, that's uh, uh, you know I've always said the easiest way to make yourself better as a player is to communicate on the ice so he uh, he certainly does that and he's played really well uh, here through two games really a student of the game. He told us uh, before the game yesterday that the notes that he took, the first Golden Knights game he saw in person, which was in Buffalo a couple of years ago, he still has the notes that he kept from that game. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I've known Zach a long time. And uh, you guys uh, uh, probably know already, he uh, loves to visit. He loves to talk hockey. And, uh, you know, he's He's a dedicated uh, player. He's going to continue to get better here for a long time. You know, Kelly, Pete DeBoer said to us the other day that having an opportunity to see White Cloud in person, he didn't know Zach White Cloud, um, just a little bit of Nick Haig, of course, um, but that the, the organization wants Pete to see what prospects are available in the American League up close and personal. What are your thoughts on the possibility of other players from Chicago um, coming to the Golden Knights so that uh, the, the current staff can see some of those guys? Well, we'd like that, uh, Dan, and uh, that's part of why, uh, you know, Nick Haig had done nothing to uh, merit being uh, sent back to Chicago other than we wanted to look at Zach Whitecloud. So when you tie into uh, that discussion, our roster, our salary cap, we, we just unfortunately can't have both guys uh, on the NHL team. 
uh, right now. So uh, that's part of the discussion. And then, uh, you know, the other part of the discussion that always uh, carries the day is we are in the winning business and uh, we're in uh, into February. So those are things that, uh, you know, obviously have to uh, be first and foremost. And what you can do then uh, inside of that, I guess, uh, you know, remains uh, to be seen, but it was similar with getting Keegan Colasar uh, up. And, you know, it's funny, you, you know that team in Chicago inside out, you know those players inside out, and yet there's just another uh, layer of knowledge that you gain by seeing them in an NHL game. And there's uh, a lot of things, as uh, Shane would be able to attest to, there's a lot of things that are harder in the NHL, but there's a lot of things that are easier in the NHL with respect to uh, structure, people bearing, being where they should be, uh, their skill level uh, that uh, that goes along with it. So, you know, how a player uh, makes that transition, you can you can you know have a feeling or, or a guess on it, but uh, seeing it uh, seeing it happen live is uh, is really uh, helpful in terms of projecting where guys might fit. It's funny that you say that because sometimes you see a player go from the AHL to the NHL, and that. The NHL is easier for for some players because of it's cleaner. Guys are it's, the structure is better. Guys are are guys are, are are where they're supposed to be more often than not. And White Cloud looks to me like he's that kind of guy. Yeah, he's benefited from that. You can uh, you can tell, and I think as well, Pete is really. Uh, Really tried to tweak things in, in terms of instilling just a little bit uh, better trust with uh, people on the ice in terms of what responsibilities are and that type of thing, which makes the game easier for uh, for everybody. And you know, a guy we haven't talked about that's uh, you know right in the same age group as uh, as these players is uh, Nick Waugh. Yeah, and uh, you know, boy, for me, uh, every NHL game that guy has played for us, he's played real well and uh, is getting better. So. Uh, really encouraged by his play and uh, you know when he's in Chicago he's the first line center when he's in uh, Las Vegas he's the fourth line center here and yet uh, you know really uh, for me has embraced his role and uh, and really contributed uh, there he's got a little bit of penalty kill time in the NHL and the American League uh, you know Rocky uh, would have coached against uh, Nick Waugh last year when he was in Charlotte uh, we of course uh, watched the Calder Cup finals where uh, Nick Waugh made a real impression on us, uh, thus the, the motivation uh, to trade for him. And you know, Rocky always uh, says that he thinks Nick, Nick Waugh is the best penalty killer that he's ever seen in the American Hockey League. So again, as his game continues to grow, that's maybe uh, something he's going to be able to do at the National League level as well. Uh, just a couple uh, quick ones uh, for me, Kelly, before we let you go, and we appreciate your time. Um, there are a lot of folks, uh, we asked for some questions from, from the fans, and a lot of people are wondering on the status of Cody Glass and Will Carlson. Um, of course, we haven't seen them in a while, and, and Will hasn't played any of the last six games. Cody's missed 10. Uh, any update on how close they might be to returning? I think, uh, you know, they're progressing well, and, uh, you know, we weren't sure on either player uh, what the you know exact time frame would be at the time uh, that they were injured. Um, they're... Uh, they're both not far off. I think that, uh, you know, what's interesting, uh, you know, to your question, it's been a long time since we uh, had a completely healthy uh, lineup. And, um, you know, I go back to when we uh, added Chandler Stevenson to our team. Uh, I know we haven't been healthy since then because he's been a Swiss Army knife in terms of being able to, uh, uh, you know, plug in uh, in a variety of different uh, positions. You know, Cody Eakin was hurt just before, I believe, that we acquired uh, Chandler. So, uh, you know, again, uh, you like to have uh, a completely healthy lineup the entire time, 
but uh, you know I've always felt that you you oftentimes find hockey players when you have injuries. So uh, as we just talked about Nick Waugh, uh, you know he wouldn't have had an opportunity in the NHL. Uh, this season, we wouldn't know what we now uh, know based on the fact that he's uh, had a chance to uh, be called up due to injuries. Did you think that Chandler Stevenson would be uh, plus 14 in his first 25, 26 games with the Golden Knights and that would he, he would have all these game-winning goals and be as productive as he is and centering Pacioretty in stone most of the games? Well, he's really uh, he's really flourished here. Yeah. He's had a great opportunity. He's played with good players. He'd be the first to uh, recognize and admit that. I think the other thing that uh, was appealing for us with Chandler Stevenson is speed. And, uh, you know, we really put a priority on our team having uh, good speed, and he, uh, he certainly adds to that. And I think with Stone and Pacioretty, if, uh, you know, you can push uh, defenses back with speed, uh, certainly Stone and Pacioretty uh, are able to make plays. So uh, he's uh, fit real well there. And, uh, you know, again, when we acquired him, I think we – Said at the time, we thought he had a little more to give, and uh, we uh, really appreciated the fact that he was versatile and could move up and down the lineup, which uh, clearly he's done. Uh, last thing from me, Kelly, and that is with now 27 games left in the regular season, we started with talking about how tight it is in the standings right now in the Pacific Division in the Western Conference. From a hockey playing standpoint, not so much the standings, but the way your team is playing, what is your eye on right now in the games immediately coming up? Um, quite frankly, I think uh, more of the same. Uh, growing on uh, uh, you know what's uh, you know what's in place here uh, right now, I expect that we'll uh, you know continue to get more uh, comfortable with respect to Peter having time with uh, his staff, his players, and I think the players are going to uh, you know have clear expectations in terms of how we want to play. And, uh, you know, again, you need, a, you need a foundation to your game that gives you a chance every night. We've got, uh, you know, good personnel. And I think when you have that in place, uh, you know, you're going you're gonna to have a, a chance to play real good hockey. Great. Kelly McCrimmon, thanks so much for spending time with us. We appreciate it, and we'll talk to you again soon, I hope. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. Kelly McCrimmon, General Manager of the Vegas Golden Knights. And guests on the SLGND podcast presented by Findlay Automotive. And we'd also like to tell you about Rock Creek Cattle Company, a hidden gem located in the heart of Montana, a working cattle ranch sitting on 28,000 acres of land, a little something for everybody, including a world-class golf course, fly fishing, hunting, horseback riding, and more. You can escape the bright lights and discover Big Sky Montana. Exclusive memberships and real estate opportunities available. More information at rockcreekcattlecompany.com. Rolling along on the SLGND podcast, Dan, Gary, and Shane here with you as the Golden Knights have one more game on this road trip. And again, uh, interesting stuff there from Kelly McCrimmon, guys, about where this team is with 27 games left in the regular season. Shane, what stood out to you from what Kelly had to say? Well, you know, I think for them it is encouraging, even though they're coming off a loss. You, you never... Yeah, you need points. There, no question right now. You look at the race and you're on a playoff push, you need points. But, you know, it, it really is, a. I think, uh, you know, when we talk about this team and we've said it all year, they're looking for consistency in their game. These last six periods, uh, Carolina to start this trip, I, I their first period was tremendous. I thought they kind of fell off, you know, when you give up a lead, but they found a way to win. So, you know, they only, you never critique a win, I guess. But really the body of work between Nashville and Tampa – uh, is consistent. Uh, you can see the game that's being put in place. They're playing in real good units. Their breakouts have been much better, which has allowed them to play with more speed. 
more more transition. They're closer. Their gaps are good because the forwards got back pressure. They're pressing at the right time. Their penalty kill's been good. It's much improved after being. Uh, well, that was a disaster. Disaster. A disaster yeah. in January is you know barely above fifty percent. So those areas have been better, but and then you know they've been able. Remember we always talk about playing in waves, attack all four lines going. That third line has really stepped up, and uh, we're starting to see the Alex Tuck you expected, Cody Eakin playing better, and you know Will Carey had a you know had the big goal to open it up against Tampa. So there's a lot of positives in their games. There's a lot of details. We saw Zach Whitecloud. We heard Kelly talk about him. I've been extremely impressed. It's little subtle things to his game that. You expect to come along, but he's doing it right away. The the patience instead of just, you know, going back for puck and throwing it, making the safe, easy play, which is nothing wrong with it. He's taking the extra second. So when you get called up, we say it can be easier. Well, you've got to, the biggest thing is you've got to distinguish whether you have that extra second or you don't because it's a quicker game. But sometimes you want to hang on, and he's been able to do that and make plays. He's a good skater. He's a big guy. Uh, very encouraging. Nick Waugh has been terrific. Um, and you know what? They, they keep playing like this. They're starting to build. I think it's starting to build this new foundation or the new coach. Well, you mentioned all the things that are right. And you know, the power play really wasn't uh, – it started to struggle a little bit. And that brings to mind, you know, the loss, the injuries right now to William Carlson and Cody Glass. So there's a couple things that kind of are interesting there. Obviously, when they come back, they'll help the power play. Where do they go? You know, Nick Waugh is not coming out of the lineup. He's been excellent. And Paul Stassi's looked good with Marcia So and Smith. And Stevenson looks great with uh, with the guy he's he's playing with. Uh, no, I'm just like... I know. It, it is. It's interesting. It's uh, It'll be really fascinating to see, you know, what DeBoer thinks that the the top nine should look like yeah and, and, and it's and i just want to point out gary that carlson and glass are still on the active roster my point being they don't have to make a transaction you know when those guys are healthy they are on the active roster they don't have to send anybody down there's nobody that has to go to injured reserve they are currently on the active roster carlson has missed six glass has missed ten Golden Knights, of course, have not had a game with Will Carlson since the coaching change, and the power play is now two for six. Uh, pardon, two for fifteen, with Pete DeBoer having taken over. Uh, just to wrap things up, uh, you know, a lot of people uh, on the uh, we asked for uh, questions from from social media, Facebook and Twitter. We appreciate all those, and we have so many people asking. Um, questions about similar topics, and, and obviously there are a variety of them. But in particular, Carlson and Glass, there there was that allegiance to if Carlson is unavailable, if Marcia So is unavailable, if Smith is unavailable, when everybody's together, those three are going to play together. And I wonder if those days are gone. I wonder if Will Carlson finds himself in a different spot in the lineup when he comes back. Um, I would, you know, you can certainly think that. I think it's good to have options, see how Stastny yeah. played there, but uh, one thing Pete DeBoer has seen coaching against his team was how good those three were together. And I, I would I would have to believe that he wants to take a look again. But now he has more options. He, he's had another look. There, there, there are the other possibilities. You know, where can William Carlson fit in? And, you know, I think William Carl, I think they're, they're, they're very fortunate with the Carlson, Stastny, Stevenson. Those guys, I think, can benefit on any line. We've seen Stastny with Stone and Pacioretty play well. So, yeah. 
you know, it's different combinations, but I have to believe that, you know, as a guy who's seen that line play so well against his team when yeah. he was coaching the Sharks that he would want to take a look at those three. Yeah, there, there's an emergence there, and a, there are a lot of options. Last thing, uh, that, that's the forward discussion. The last thing, guys, to bring up is, you know, with White Cloud having done well the last couple of games. Right now, Nick Hague is in the American Hockey League. Derek Anglin has been a scratch the last two. Where do you see the defensive group evolving? Because you can only play six yeah. at a time. Well, right now it's you know it's on Zach Whitecloud. He keeps playing like that. It's uh, it's tough to take him out of the game. And then uh, you know you want to force his hand. That's what you do with opportunity as a young D man or a young player that gets called up. You want to force the hard decisions for the organization, and that's what he's done so far. George McPhee has often talked about overcooking his prospects, and also when they arrive at the NHL, there there's almost a little bit of anger. In their, in their mindset that they haven't been there. So I would imagine, you know, because of, because of the cap and because of contract limitations, they can't have, unless they have an injury on the blue line, yeah. they can't have them both in Vegas at the same time this year. I would imagine they are going to flip and flop. I think, you know, White Cloud will get, you know, a, a, a chunk of games and then he'll go back to Chicago and Hague will come up and get a chunk of games. Is it just those two or does another guy factor in here? Right now, you know what I mean? It's uh, I, I can't imagine having both White Cloud and Hague in Chicago and, well, maybe, right. you know, but but maybe maybe Dylan Coughlin has done something that, you know, certainly that would be great for him to play a little bit and, then, and that would probably even go further to inspire Hag and White Cloud, hey, this isn't a given. When when we're there, yeah. we've got to be at our best. And now it a, becomes a fine line because you don't want to mess with a guy's confidence. And you also, you know, at some point in time, a player will say, you know what, I'm an NHL player. Don't do this to me. So there's, uh, but when you're not in that contract situation, you know, you're you're uh, you're uh, you're a player that does that is, that is waiver exempt. That's that's life in the NHL under the current CBA. Yeah, and you never know what might happen. The trade deadline is fast approaching. Last year, of course, the big move was Mark Stone acquired from the Ottawa Senators, and you know, among other pieces, Eric Brandstrom, the talented young defenseman, off to Ottawa. And who knows if there will be a big splash this year, something that none of us see at the moment, or if it will be a quieter trade deadline for the Golden Knights. Time will tell. And of course, we will have all the coverage here on SLGND. Big thanks to special guest. General Manager of the Golden Knights, Kelly McCrimmon, and uh, for the absent, Dave Gosher. Oh, for, Dave. For, for Gary Lawless and for Shane I Knighty. forgot he wasn't here. Oh, it's... <laughs> I spent enough time with him. It's good It's good to get away. He'll be back for the next one. It's the Florida Panthers to round out this eight-game road odyssey, then back home, Carolina Hurricanes Saturday at the Fortress. For all of us at the Golden Knights, Dan Duva saying so long, everybody. Thank you.